Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Alone at Lunch early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Alone at lunch do that in for fun uh, i am emily walsh and i'm here with my co-host as always carly monte how we doing we got the friday giggles we're we're thriving over here yeah, i'm i'm feeling good i i woke up i did my things i ate my healthy breakfast i did my morning pages i'm ready ready to chat let's do it uh, social media really took a toll on you we didn't even know it we didn't even know. Uh, yeah, it's day two of no social media, and I'm feeling like a brand new human being. Turns out, if you don't constantly distract yourself, you can be productive and happy. It's weird. But definitely get out there and like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. You know, definitely you guys should be on social media. Yes, use sure. your time on social media to make it about us. Uh, and your time <laughs> not on social media to listen to this amazing episode with the wonderful Lana Siebel. Uh, we were very, hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah, Lana Siebel. We loved having her on. Uh, what a great episode it was. Uh, she has such an interesting journey and story in her life and uh, her childhood. And, you know, I don't want to give too much away, uh, but, you know, the journey that she had coming here and then the, honestly, the, uh, ex- the exceeding expect like she just was excellent in her career as a young adult. And then yeah, just she's good kinda- at everything she does. Yes, and then just continuing on with that. She's a comedian. She's a, a past a professional uh, Latin ballroom dancer. She's an actress. She's a, a mother. She's a wife. She's just doing all the things. And uh, we had a really great conversation. So I think that you all are going to enjoy it very, very much. <laughs> How old is your son, Lana? He's uh, he's eleven. Do you think he uh, understands uh, like your job as a comedian? Like, do you think he knows like what like is he like? Oh, you're funny. Like, you're my mom, and you do this thing and you entertain other people. 
So my son is, you know, ever since he was born, he's like a little old, not, not an old soul, like man, but like an old soul. So not only does he understand, but he's, so he just, um, uh, he was just cast in his school's musical. Uh, he, he played the main role and he acted and danced and sang. And, um, I, uh, I'm telling you, this guy, this guy is going to be a big deal because uh, he's and also not only that, the thing that made me the happiest was everybody was saying what how kind he was and how he was like helping some of the younger kids Aww. and really like motivating them and encouraging. And he was so respectful. So, um, yeah, I think he, he's going to maybe do, do stand up in a few years. And I'm like, I better open for you. I don't care. What's happening? You know, I gave birth to you, so <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, yeah, he's really he like he's you. a really good writer too. Like I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not allowed to take his stuff. Um, I try to bribe him when he was younger, like five bucks. He was like, "No, come on, this is this is more than five bucks. We know this." <laughs> so he's he's amazing. Yeah, he gets it from you. Uh, I wish I can take more credit. Well, that's very cool that I feel like I don't even remember what I was doing at 11. Like if I understood the world around me, I, I have such a hard time with understanding ages when it comes to kids and like what people know or should know. I'm like 11 is either really old or really young. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. It's like my son says age is nothing but a number. So I, I think at 11, I think you, I'm like perfect guest for your podcast because at 11, I was very awkward and felt alone a lot. And like I didn't belong. So, um, yeah. And, and I numbed myself out a lot, but that's, you know, now I'm doing comedy and, uh, and a lot of therapy. You numbed yourself out. Yeah. So I, you know, I had, um, I, I came from Ukraine when I was seven, I was an actual refugee. Um, and I talk about that in the stand up. like, you know, the whole, the whole work stayed at like refugee compounds kind of stuff. Um, back mm -hmm. then. So it was, it's kind of, um, uh, I'm actually writing a book on it, but I came a month before wow. the wall came down and communism fell in Ukraine. So wow. it was still the USSR when I was coming over and it was very heavily, I'm Jewish. It was very anti-Semitic, you know, like Jewish people in the USSR weren't allowed to go to certain schools, belong to certain organizations. It was, you know, very wow. anti-Semitic. Um, it's hard to explain now because the president is Jewish. So it's, you know, for me, it's like, well, topsy-turvy. Um, but uh, so I, when I came over, I didn't really have anyone who spoke. Uh, he, he spoke Russian back then. So um, and it was really hard. The, 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 it took two months to get here. Um, so I think, you know, part of our defense, I kind of numbed myself out a lot of the times because it was so it was a lot to take in as a kid. Only now am I starting to process it, you know, it many, many years later. Um, so let's say I'm 29. So it took 20 years. No, <laughs> but uh, it took many years <laughs> to get to a point where I could be like, why am I um, starting? Why can't I smell or taste anything? Or <laughs> why am I shut down completely right now? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's intense. Wow. What um what caused it to take two months? Like, what was that journey like getting here from the Ukraine? Were you stalled 
in many other countries or was it just like it took two months to be able to leave? Like what, what exactly yeah. was that journey? No, I'm glad you're asking. Cause um, back. So when we immigrated, it was still a process where you had to go through a few different countries. So we had to go through Austria. Um, and you know, I talk about this in my stand up. Like I really thought as a seven year old, we're going to Australia, right? That's the only reason I was like, yes, I want to go to America. We're going to go to Australia. <laughs> um, but that's that's a whole other. <laughs> but yeah, we had so we had to stay a month in Austria, and we were we were Jewish, so we were kind of forced to go to Israel. And my parents are like, we don't. We just came back from a a possible war zone situation coming. We don't want to go to. We want to go to America, right? That's where we. So um, the Jewish refugees were all kind of forced yeah. to go in. And my, and they were like, well, like they, they shamed my, I know my dad was telling me they shamed him. Like, you're supposed to go to Israel. You're Jewish. Get in there. And he was like, no, we, we want to go to, you know, America. We want to go to New York. Um, I think he watched a lot of Steven Spielberg's, you know, uh, what's that movie? That cartoon, No Cats in America. Um, <laughs> so the streets are paved with cheese. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That oh, yeah, yeah. You got to watch it. It's really sad. Oh, it's about mice who um, live in like a shtetl in Ukraine. It's really it's like Fiddler on the Roof, but with like with mice and cats. Yeah, it's amazing. It's Oh, my yeah. God. I'm definitely definitely going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tearjerker. Just just, you know, watch out. Um, <laughs> but um, no. So we kind of were left behind and then we had to go to Italy because, you know, we were um, they were like, well, you're on your own now. And then I guess the, the journey is then you have to go to Italy. And then we stayed there for a month and, um, in all different kinds of places. And, uh, and then finally, finally, after that month, uh, we, we went through, we had to go through immigration and, um, my parents were telling me like all the other refugees were making themselves look extra sad, you know, like let us into America, please. <laughs> and like, they weren't dressed very well <laughs> and they're like we are poor and you know um and my parents were like we're gonna we're gonna switch it up we're gonna do something different and so they dressed really nicely i remember them dressing me like really well looking like really you know sharp and we were the like one of the only ones to be let in um because the immigrations were like oh okay these people look decent let's let them in so i thought that oh, was very interesting it worked. <laughs> Yeah, it worked. It worked. Where were you staying in these in these uh, other countries? Like, how how did you how, where were you going? Yeah, I kind of blocked a lot of it out. But the first place was uh, in Austria. It was like I remember it was like a little room and it was like a like a little compound, I think, of a, uh, somebody who was very well to do, like a, a wealthier um I don't know, landowner or something. He had like a, but like then I remember the gates outside and then all the other, uh, I think it was like 30 different refugees were staying somewhere in like little, little rooms. Um, and, uh, and uh, I remember we went down, it was like a basement area where everybody was eating um, dinner and it was just like cans of sardines, which is not so bad, but it was like, I'm like, oh my God, this is, what the hell is going on? All right, time to shut down. Okay, let's see you in America. Um, and then Italy was also very strange. It was—I uh, remember we just got in, and I—I I saw these trees with 
what I thought were, I, I, I thought these were like squirrels with no tail. Like they were very like Milan, like thin. It was rats. It was like 40 rats. And I remember everybody's like, oh, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. This is, yeah, it was like, it was, it was, um, yeah. yeah. And I think I shut down for a couple of weeks and I'm like, here we are. So I'm very, I'm very thankful for the shutdown. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting to me that you're you were at an age where you like knew that something was going on, but old young enough where you like didn't really understand, but old enough where you will have like some memories of it, if that makes like you're having to piece together what you can remember and put together. I I mean it sounds like what you've been telling us that it like really took a toll. Like it's very taxing on your emotional yeah. well being, like having had this incredible experience yeah yeah you know it's just i wish i would have been able to process it a little bit um you know a little while ago but i guess i guess it was more intense than i than i thought so just now i'm 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 like able to um uh remember and process because i did understand we were going and uh uh, and now, obviously, I'm very grateful. Uh, but um, yeah, it was definitely, you know, and you, as a kid, you think, oh, like, you know, everybody does this, right? Everybody is a refugee and goes through <laughs> this, right? Like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. This is totally, this is cool. Um, but now I'm like, yeah, this is a little different. And, and I'm I'm grateful to my husband who really was like, so he was, he was born in Brooklyn and um he's just a, such a sweetheart and he was like what the you know he's a great listener and some of the stories i would tell him he was like oh this is not typical so yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes you need people to tell you like hey if you're allowed to be messed up by that thing that happened to you yes like it's not something that everyone goes through and you are handling it well and you are like living your life and being a, a mother and a comic and a person and you know if you need to be sad about it sometimes that's okay and yeah you need somebody to give you permission for that that's what he told me because I was so I think I was so um trying to be better and you know you, you obvious to you know immigrant story where you work so hard and sometimes he was like you're allowed to feel sad and angry and be a human being like, you know, you can be, you can have emotion yeah. sometimes for just no reason. Like it's a human condition. So yeah, that was like exactly what you just guys just said. Um, wow. I don't know if you um, have had this much like conscious thought about it, but have you in raising your son, like, do you have moments where you think about like, like when he was eight or nine, were you like, oh my God, this is the age I was when I was in Austria or are you very much so? Yeah, you're absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's what I, I'm actually really grateful to my son that I was able to really like try to explore like, hey, he's going through this and this is where I was over here. This, you know, so um, it does really hit you uh, strongly. Um, and then um, I guess I guess it would be nice. I'm going to talk about it more and more. And I really want people, other people to be just like nicer to themselves, you know, because I would really spend so many years beating myself up and like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I like trying to escape this emotion and that? And because it was very intense and it's okay to, to be like gentle to yourself. 
Um, yeah. Did you start talking about it? Because I, I feel like I've seen you talk about it in sets for years, just mentioning yeah. I am from Ukraine. Da, 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 yeah. da. Did you talk about it right away? Was it something you felt comfortable with discussing right away on stage? And if so, do you think you were really processing it when you were discussing it? Or do you think you were just like, this makes me different. So I'm going to talk about it. Like no one else is talking about being from Ukraine. So that'll be yeah. my bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, no, again, I'm like really happy you're asking this because um, I think it was only a few years into comedy that I was like, wait a minute. Because, you know, especially in New York, you're always like told you know, you're this, you're, you're doing great. You're fine. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I, that's not my upbringing. It was really difficult and had all these. Um, so it, it, I think it took me a couple of years to even realize like, wait, I had something different going on with me. Um, you know, I look this way, but, uh, um, you know, my, my, uh, my childhood was, was something that's very, um, it was, difficult and lonely um and uh stand-up's the perfect place to talk about that yeah uh Are yeah you and also child? i actually have a brother who's uh 10 i mean 10 years older than me he's not 10 yeah yeah i know right? <laughs> if you are 29 that's impressive. you know right now i'm really lying about my age i'm 19 <laughs> he's 10 it works out uh no he's He's 10 years older. And yeah, he was also very much, um, I think, took a toll on him as well. And uh, and now my nieces, it's nice to see um, them um, really understanding uh, myself and my brother and uh, and my parents who I talk about who are. Um, if there's anybody out there who is a good therapist who can trick them into therapy, I would really... <laughs> appreciate that <laughs> uh, they're very loved um they they're wonderful people but they are so damaged and you know not well and um it's comical because they create this hurricane and now everybody around me sees it my nieces my my husband my son my brother um and they're they are like a lot they're intense so i really wish I wish they can come on this podcast or talk to someone, anyone, anyone but me. Yeah. We'll have them on. It's fine. They can, they can definitely yeah. come on the show. <laughs> oh, I just luck. got my mom to go to therapy and I think mm -hmm. it only worked because I found her a therapist who is like almost identical to her except a therapist. Like it's another <laughs> woman from the same area of Massachusetts. She's the okay. same age as my mom. She only works part-time now. Like she wow. like, lives in a part of Cape Cod my mom loves. And I kind of just tricked her into it. I was like, what That's if you amazing. made this new friend that I paid for with Medicare? Like, what if, <laughs> oh what my if God. this happened? That's and she amazing. loves it. She She's in her 70s, but I finally got her yeah. there. She's been in therapy for like three months and she loves it. She tells me it was like the favorite part of her week. So keep trying. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm gonna, you know what? That's genius. I'm gonna try to go in Brooklyn somewhere and find an older Russian lady who's also like, yeah, on the DL. Yeah, find somebody yeah. they would want to hang out with, and yeah. maybe like maybe this. Yeah, maybe you can cook something for her, and she'll listen <laughs> to all your problems. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate. 
Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free in bulk nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That's really genius. I really, honestly, that was very inspiring what you just said. I'm, I'm definitely writing this down. Um, yeah, it's also been amazing to hear because I've gotten my husband and my mom to join therapy in the past year or so. And mm-hmm. now my life is just hearing both of them tell me things that I've told them for a decade <laughs> as if they've yeah. never heard them before in their lives. They're like, did you know X, Y, or Z? And I'm like, I told you that in 2015, but sure, <laughs> let me pretend that it's new information but i don't even care because as long as it's getting in there it's totally worth it that's so funny i mean i relate to that it's maddening um yeah they don't listen no but i think that's uh probably for a lot of both being like as a jewish person as well i think it's like the older eastern european jewish i don't know like way as well i don't maybe it's also because i come from a family of i mean not refugees but holocaust survivor generation so maybe it's like the same thing where we're just all kind of going through some type of suffering room recovery yes yeah it's almost like you can't love the suffering like you need it and it can't like we can't have a regular conversation like the words like oh how you doing i'm good they don't exist so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah did you land in in new york when you got to the u.s so, yeah, we landed. So this is, uh, again, something I'm writing about. Like, you know, I pictured once again, like it was just been one disappointment after the other. Never got to go to Australia. You know, Italy was a lot. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and then I thought I'd get to America. And I think I pictured like Hollywood. I pictured, you know, um, palm trees and um, just celebrity, you know, sunglasses. And we get there and. Um, you know, it's, uh, let's see, I, I lied about my age. So let's just say it was like the nineties. Um, but, um, I, you know, it was like the height of the AIDS epidemic and I was, you know, touching everything. And I just remember my mom going like, AIDS, don't touch that. Everything in America. It's like, do you watch Borat movie? Cause that's what it was like 
when I got That's there. what it was like. Um, <laughs> yes. Where he's like, I think he has like a chicken loose on the train and then he's like screaming AIDS, AIDS or something. It, that was, that was my experience. <laughs> Um, and then, and then not only that, but, um, our relatives who were living here for many years were kind enough to pick us up. Like we had nobody here and they were really, really wonderful people. Um, very grateful to them, but you know, they lived in East New York, which, um, is very different than Hollywood. What I pictured, you know, so (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. New York was rough 10 years ago. I can't yeah. imagine 20, 30 years ago what what it was like. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't palm trees and sunglasses. That's for sure. Um it was definitely and I was like, "Why why why did we get here again?" And it was like, "Oh yeah, cuz um everybody in Ukraine hates the Jews." Okay. All right, we'll stay. No, I'm joking. But um <laughs> Uh, it was, um, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Do you identify more now as somebody from the Ukraine or somebody from Brooklyn or both? Like what, what do you feel like your identity is now? Oh, that's a really, that's a really great question. I, I, I think, I mean, I've been here since I was seven, so I definitely feel very connected to Brooklyn and New York and, but uh i you know i it's weird to say but i really um i feel very lucky that i got to be around so many different people and so intimately like my husband is you know he's got the italian culture and to really get to know that so i i think i'm still confused about who i am and what i am and i used to be i used to compete as a latin dancer so um you know I I wore hoops and bronzer and uh oh and then I also gosh. wore listening to heavy rap. So I, I think I'm confused. I think I'm very confused about who but I, I yeah, just be a like person. It. Yeah. How did you get into yeah, dancing? You guys ask really good questions. Yes. I uh <laughs> Thank you so much. I, 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 uh, going for those awards. Yeah, you guys are great. Um yeah, I uh started because in Brooklyn, um, all these people you see on Dancing with the Stars, we were all training like in the same studios. Do you know um, them all? So like I do know them. I know Maxim, I know um Karina, I know oh Cheryl, Cheryl Burke. Um do you guys hang voice. out like, like in that moment should we all she... get together maybe or <laughs> i had yeah, no idea well, you were a I fan think, of course yeah i i haven't really kept in touch with them so much but um a lot of them weren't nice no, and, we're you good. Know, we think stand-up is like cutthroat but um they were intense these people were not i don't know now you know um that I'm I'm doing better and better in comedy. I don't want to say anything too wrong, but they were, you know, I uh they weren't the nicest people. Um I'll say that much. Uh, well, maybe they've changed. I don't know. <laughs> success, but yeah. I'm sorry. Try to ruin dancing with the stars for everybody. I've tried to do it for my husband's family for years and <laughs> um it's still, you know, it's not working. But, well, um, I don't think it's but too no, late yeah, for you to try to get like, on that show. Maybe you can get on as the star, and then maybe a good comic. Yeah, yes, there you go. That's what I'm. That's what we're uh, hoping for. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the because I think I'm going to incorporate um, 
you know, uh, some like when I do my, my headlining sets, I'm going to incorporate more of the dancing, I think. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting because eh, who doesn't like to see a little bit of that? Um, it always spices it up. Wait, so yeah, that that's going to be a whole um, new element. Did you did you you already yeah. were like I want to dance? Then like it kind of like led to that, or did someone say like this is where a lot of people from this community go? It's, we all go dancing. Like this is where you're going to end up. Yeah, it was like a gradual process of. I think my friend she was just going there in in Brooklyn, and then I started to go, and then I felt. Again, talk about not belonging. Like I, um, I felt like you know, I was, especially for an Eastern European, uh, a female, I felt like I was heavier. Um, just as just my body type, and so I started to you know diet more, and then I um, went into it, and then I was getting kind of like, um, I guess, positive reinforcement. And uh, I'm sorry, everything you're asking me, I'm like, oh, telling you no, the darkest okay. possible side of it. But, um, no, I, I, you know, I, I really like an immigrant really worked hard. So I would train ever since I was like 13, 14, I started training like six to eight hours wow. every day, pretty wow. much. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, had a whole bunch of eating disorders, which a lot of dancers do. Uh, and, uh, but, um, I think, I think what I enjoyed was, um, I, I think I do like to entertain people. Yeah. I think um, I do. Yeah. And through my body, you know, it wasn't enough. It didn't feel like I had a voice. It was just all physical. And I really put myself yeah. through a lot. Um, How long were you doing that for? 13 to? Yeah. You know, I kind of started like you 11, know, 11 12. 12 to uh, in my like, I was competing probably up until like my mid 20s. Wow. But by oh, the time wow. I was like 17, 18, 19, I was like nationally ranked. I, 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 I was internationally ranked. I was ranked seventh in the United States. and Seventh in the United States? Was, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, yeah, I traveled all over. And weirdly enough, I, um, so I did, you know, England as well. I would, uh, there's, they have, they're very big in, in dancing. So I did that a couple of times a year and I was internationally ranked there, but I competed all over the United States and I, um, the, the national competition, like the nationals was in Utah and, um, you have to be in Utah. You had to, uh, be kind of, I guess, equivalent of comedy being clean. So I had to wear things that cover my neck my my arms and my knees which was very strange yeah. but there's still yeah it was really it's a weird thing to explain there was still a uh, footage of um like a, it was like aired on like channel 13 pbs and then there was like a good life channel of me being like in the finals and it's also uh maxim and his brother um and um cheryl burke who actually at one competition she didn't get into the finals and i did well so that was a big deal so it's like to, to me, Utah is like a I've made it. Not like Hollywood, not New York, <laughs> like Utah. And now I um I just got to um I just got booked to film my dry bar special. Yes, I saw that. That's very exciting. Yeah, Congratulations. That's amazing. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going and it's in Provo, Utah. So I'm like, I think I made it big. I'm going to Utah. Like it's such <laughs> a weird 
Well, all your <laughs> moments happen in Utah. What a strange Well, interestingly thing. enough, I had one of my ha- uh, career highlights in Utah. I presented at like a conference, like the main conference for my day job profession in Utah as well. So Utah is where it's at. <laughs> wow. I got to get to Utah. I haven't had you gotta any. You got to get to Utah. Yes. Yeah. And also South Park around. Really? That's where it's know. written or take, takes place. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Son loves now. So yeah, Utah, big deal. And and also you have to be clean. Like you have to be squeaky, super clean. Um. So yeah, similar run to like, that town. days. Yes. Yeah. So it's a wow. Yeah. Very weird. And this time, like I'm going to Utah, and this time I'm going to take it all the way through. I'm not going to run away like I did with my dancing. You know, after I made it big in Utah. I'm going to keep going. So what happened? So, so we said you run, ran away. What does that mean? Yeah, you know, I think it was it got so intense. I think the eating disorders were a lot. Um, and also making a living um, as a professional competitive dancer, I really, really did not agree with. So a lot of times the way um, you, you compete is uh, all over. Uh, you know, the country is you have like a sponsor or a student who pays for your like you dance with them and then they pay for your hotel and your um, and that to me was very disgusting. I don't know how else to say it. It just I couldn't. Yeah. Um, couldn't Wait, explain that to me. You and, dance with a student like yeah. you train them and then they pay for your stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. And interesting. Um, I didn't I didn't thankfully get that. F- like I couldn't do that. Um, I did was I I trained another student um, like different just like different um, performances in New York. And, um, you know, he would buy like a package and it was like 10 lessons, a thousand bucks. And I'm like, I can't do this. And uh, yeah. I, it just it was it rubbed it just I'm like, Keith. Uh, this is not good. Um, so that made me really know your worth, Lana. It sounds like you were worth that much, though. I mean, you were killing it. I mean, you were providing a, a service that is in demand. I don't, you know, I understand that. Yeah, as- I just felt like that high in a court. I felt like <laughs> this is he should be going out there and date. Like he was such a sweet guy and he really enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed teaching him. But I was like, this is he should be going out and dating and doing good stuff like this is not um just felt morally very intensely wrong like this is not how i want to live my life and i think also with the eating disorders yeah. all the other things that i probably didn't process um i wish i would have just been a little kinder to myself and just continued in a way that i felt good about it, but still also do the comedy and the acting but continue not beat myself up but i was like i can't i can't do this this yeah. is wrong i'm gonna yeah, yeah yeah do you have a so have you ever had a career aspiration that was a normal job <laughs> you go straight from like <laughs> so i did work so i i was so i um grateful to my husband he told me to get my college degree which was you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, um, I got, I got my college degree and I, I kind of wanted to do social work. Um, and then I, I had a lot of really not good, uh, day jobs. Um, so I worked as a teacher in a nursery school before that I would do like different types of like temp work so I can audition. Cause I was acting, I was very serious into acting, which oh. I'm going to go back to now. Yeah. There's, 
There's a lot so of running much. away. There's so many layers. Yeah, there's a lot of, it's too much. I'm tired just talking about myself. Um, but yeah, I uh, I was like, I trained at like Strasbourg and uh, Lee Strasbourg. Oh my Institute goodness. And, yeah, yeah, and did like tons of different um, independent films, student films. I did off Broadway and. Um, you don't do anything half-assed. Yeah, you just like, it's. You're yeah, <laughs> no. real. Yeah, I sh- I wish I need to do a little bit more half ass because <laughs> I get so. In- I think maybe that's like the the Eastern European, like the Dostoevsky, like oh, I need to really, and then I'm like, oh my god, I can't. I got a headache, and then the Jewish comes out, and me, I'm like, oh my god, I can't do this. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, oi. Uh, yeah, oi. Exactly. <laughs> Well placed, oi. That was good. That was Thank good. you. Yes. I've been waiting to drop an oi the three years we've been doing this. I haven't had a good chance to drop an oi. So. <laughs> that was, I think that might have been your first genuine oi, but I liked it. It was good. Yes. It was <laughs> That's what my husband says after talking to me. Oi. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice. Only on Freebie. How, how, did you meet your husband young? I did, yeah. So I knew, weirdly enough, like I knew him in in high school, and we never talked. <laughs> and everyone now who we talked to in high school, they're like, "How did this happen? You guys wouldn't even look at each other. Like, what?" So um, our first interaction was I sat on his jacket, um, and I, uh, I I blame the eating disorders and um, the dancing, you know, not being aware of what what's going on. And uh, and also probably being a little like I am an amazing dancer and I will <laughs> sit on anyone's jacket. I don't wear it. But he was like, who the hell is this girl sitting on someone's? And I remember him like just trying to yank it out and I still wouldn't stand up. And he was like, I remember him getting so angry. And I'm like, hmm, who is this uh, man? Who ne- i never seen anyone get this angry at me. Who? <laughs> um, and uh, that was the, that, I guess that sparked the romance. Um, we didn't start dating until like college. Um, so, because uh, he was really like always very, very funny. Like he just really, still to this day, he's like the funniest person. Um, oh, and wow. uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you guys are both pretty uh, family oriented with your own families. Are you guys really intense with your little family as well? Like, yeah, that's funny because um, I, um, with me, just my, you know, my 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 parents are very intense. So I think I was more like trying to run away as fast as I could from that situation but with him i think he's like italian so uh they are it to me was very different it was a bit of a cultural shock because they were they really do like enjoy being with one another that's a stereotype but they really enjoy being with one another and there's a lot of laughter and warmth and uh it's very strange to me to see that yeah um but it's nice and i think it my family as well It, it it um kind of trickled over that's great. Um, I wanted to ask about so you're growing up Jewish in a place where they were like no and then you moved to New York. <laughs> <laughs> you moved to New York and now you're having to like establish uh, yourself as an immigrant in this new place. So you went from like being an outsider to being an outsider but then you kind of became this like yeah. amazing person in your profession like did you were you starting to like find a place where you didn't where you felt like you belonged more or were you kind of uh, did this like always have that underlying feeling of like just kind of having to find your way in your place yeah no i i think i i uh i heard most of it no i i i you're absolutely right i i i didn't um you know, growing up, definitely didn't feel like I I belonged in Ukraine. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's all I knew. And also, um, I, I started to write more about that. It was a really beautiful country, you know, beautiful nature. Mm. And and uh, I find it kind of interesting now that my son, he's really into yeah. Fiddler on the Roof. And that is pre- that's exactly um, my dad's upbringing is like um, they separated all the jewish people to live in a shtetl mm. and uh um they so i would go it's a place called bear shit which i'm very thankful my husband pointed out sounds like bear, bear shit, shit. Yeah. yeah it definitely <laughs> does yep. sound like bear shit that was my jam <laughs> yep <laughs> bear shit. um i don't see too much written about it so I'm, I'm 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 starting to write more about that but um yeah that was definitely unique so like it just picture <laughs> on the roof and then yeah, coming here um, definitely did not feel like I belonged. Uh, and uh, not until, I got to say, uh, comedy and comedians, I, you know, it, it's a tough industry, especially in New York. It is very competitive, but um, I do think comedians are incredibly sensitive and been through so much and um and in our times incredibly supportive. I feel like in comedy I, I belong the most. Mm. Um, I don't even though it's a lonely profession, I feel very much not alone. Yeah. That is a common uh thread amongst a, lot, a number of the comedians that we talk to is like feeling like an mm-hmm. outsider until they found comedy and then it's all kind of a group of outsiders who now can hopefully feel outside together. (laughs) Exactly. We all feel that's so beautifully said. Okay. Well, we want to get to our last segment and we'll see if it holds up. We want to know where do you like to literally eat alone at lunch? 
Oh, again, that was a great question because everywhere. Um, I eat <laughs> lunch alone a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, but and mainly in the car, I would say. Um, Ooh. Yeah. But also coffee shop. Sometimes, you know, if I really want to treat myself, I like a little like sushi lunch. That's really, I enjoy that. Ooh. But you could see me eating lunch alone anywhere in New York. Do it a lot. Recom- highly recommend it. I like eating alone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is it is a lonely profession, the arts. Um, and uh, And what I realized lately is, you know, I have to start figuring out how to like myself more because I'm going to be doing this, you know, alone thing a lot. So why not make it like nicer? So I recommend, you know, people (laughs) having lunch on their own. Try to like yourself a little more. Try to try to figure out how to work. That's all we're trying to do here. It's just encourage people to like themselves a little bit more. So thank you for nailing it on the head. No, you too. Uh, (laughs) You got it there. And I just wanted to say about comedy was um, because I really like how you said a bunch of outsiders you know, um, getting together, like, you, well, you said it better, but you know, uh, we heard no. <laughs> you articulated you really said, well. You said it great too. You know, no. Um, but I, I'm realizing just lately I had this like epiphany, you know, cause it's, it is all the, the acting, comedy, dancing. It is very competitive, especially, you know, New York, LA, but I really, um, I'm happy I had a bit of an epiphany. I was watching my son play basketball and we're not a very athletic family, but he's enjoying it. He's actually getting really good. And um, <laughs> his his team was so respectful and nice, but so good. Like they were really, it was like, um, I think like sixth to eighth grade. And they were, um, yeah. they were really a team. And I thought, you know, that's what I want to, I want to be part of a great team. Like I want to be around the best comedians. I want to encourage them to be better. And so I, you know, I can get better. They can be better. So we can be like really great together. I don't want to be with people who I'm competing against, who I don't feel are good and I'm feeling not so like, I want us to all just elevate. So that was kind of, that's so nice. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really be practical about it too. And I'm really trying to get there, but I really, um, it feels good to, to want that. And, and for me to want people to do, like, I want them to do well. I want them to be great. And I want to laugh and they laugh at, you know, I don't know. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> that is, that's very nice. That's a very beautiful Amazing. ending. Uh, <laughs> We want to give you the time now to promote what you got going on. You can talk about your uh, dry bar special, anything you got else you want to throw out there, your handles. Uh, tell the world what's uh, what's up with you. Oh, thank you, guys. Um, yeah, I um, so Instagram, I, I, I post a lot of um, fun, funny reels. Um, it's at Lana Siebel, L-A-N-A-S-I-E-B-L, and um, all the show dates. And I, uh, I got the dry bar special coming on March 1st. Uh, and that's probably going to be out like a month or two later on YouTube. It's um, called dry bar comedy. And, um, I just started to, um, kind of get into all the clubs, which is amazing. Like yesterday. So hopefully, um, once we get that dry bar, um, you'll see me on a late night or, or, uh, Jimmy Fallon, um, 
So yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. And uh, that's it. Call up Taylor Tomlinson and get on everyone all the. Oh, yes, and you know, I heard she's really good at being supportive towards females, and I believe it. I believe it. So uh, hopefully, Emily yeah. and Carly and Lana, you'll see us. You'll- <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm really serious, and um, you both are rock stars, and uh, and I'm just yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. No, oh, thank you. Oh, our pleasure. Well, yeah, thanks for doing this. This has been such a ride, but so fun. And for everyone listening, thank you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Lana's just so pleasant and just positive, and she just has a really lovely way of talking about her life and what she's been through in this like it she's like casual about it in this way, but she also like is willing to talk about it. I don't know. I just really am grateful of how open she was able to be with us, yeah, and I think it does help not help necessarily, but like the fact that she is a comedian, she's telling her story on stage. Sometimes it is easier for people to talk about things on stage that they won't talk about like <laughs> in normal conversation. But I like to consider our 100%. podcast as a, a, a stage of sorts. Maybe you're not in front of a, a live audience, you're but not, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, still yeah. the audience uh, aspect. So uh, I, I think that that helps for sure. But I also how genuine, how nice she was about like, telling us that we were asking good questions i'm like thank you we try (laughs) i love that compliment so much every time somebody tells us good question i love it because so and and the thing with the way lana said it sometimes you can tell people say good question because they need a second like they'll be like oh good question let me like think about my answer but she kept being like what a great question yeah and i was like you really think it's a good question (laughs) you really do you really really do uh, well, we'll get into our recs. So the one rec that I want to shout out is uh, is about what she had mentioned, where she was talking about No Cats in America. And that's actually a scene slash song from the movie An American Tale. Uh, so just shout out to An American Tale about uh, the rats who come to America and are just trying to escape the cats. And uh, it's, you know, really a journey of the Jewish experience. And I love that we are the rats in the situation. It's so good for us. I definitely <laughs> have seen We're- that movie as a child, but I definitely did not put it together. And now I really want to watch it as an adult. So <laughs> yeah. I think I may, I may do it. Yeah. Um, so that's just one. That's one that she already threw out there. So I'm just putting it out there, An American Tale. Uh, I... I I did have a bit of a difficult time with my rec this week. Um, I was trying to think about ballroom dancing and immigration and Judaism and like all of that. And I I didn't have a a great piece that I had read. So I started looking up articles and I found um, an NPR piece called Why Russian American Jews Are Ballroom Dance Leaders. And um, I, I think Russian is used in the loose term of people in kind of the USSR region uh, at that time. Um, And it talks about how there is a bit of of that culture from the Eastern European culture of just having to almost prove yourself as excellent because you're constantly being rooted against. So you have to just like continuously prove yourself. And then there was, you know, they were kind of having that dance aspect um, over in the Russian region and then they brought that to the U.S. And uh, yeah, there as she talked about in the in her you know, in the pod, like that, there's just expectations of being excellent. Like if you're going to do something, you have to do it well (laughs) because we fought our way to get here and people are constantly rooting against us. 
but yes, yeah, it was this this teacher or this uh it was uh, this guy was uh judging a contest uh, a latin ballroom contest and he realized that like all of the last names of the people in in the finals were all like russian last names that he couldn't pronounce and he was like wait a minute what's going on here what's happening yeah, yeah. so um i had i mean i come from a town that is has a very large russian population jewish russian population and yeah so many people that i grew up with did ballroom dancing of some sort and so i i just thought it was interesting that you know we think about it and if you watch dancing with the stars like there's so many pashas and you know all these last names and uh just yeah it's just interesting you know just something to something to think about so yeah why russian american jews are ballroom dance leaders on npr check it out it's linked in the show notes love it my recommendation is a little heavier. Um, I was really thinking about our conversation and the refugee aspect of it all. And I like to think that I'm a relatively intelligent, informed person, but I was realizing how little I know about some of these um, refugees and some of these situations because it is so difficult to watch and difficult to read about sometimes it is so heartbreaking that sometimes i find myself like shying away from those topics and i'm really trying to to not do that um lately that is like an initiative that i am giving or a goal that i'm giving myself is to not shy away from topics just because they're difficult because there are people experiencing them so my recommendation is a documentary called human flow and it came out in 2017, so it's not super current, but it is pretty current. And the person who made it, they traveled to 23 different countries to really capture the refugee crisis as it stands in the world right now and really focus on a lot of different types of people and why they are refugees and where they're coming from and where they're trying to go. And it's kind of just being... Like when it came out, everyone said, if you only have time for one movie or documentary or one thing to look at this refugee crisis, it's this film. So Human Flow, it's on Netflix, I believe. Um, So that is what I have not watched it yet. I am planning on watching it this weekend. But uh, I think it's probably, you know, a pretty, pretty good watch. And I I just try to be transparent when I say I haven't watched it yet. I don't want to you know, lie. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Best thing I ever saw. Face, no, but... I didn't make a face. I was thinking about, uh, <laughs> I honestly was thinking about a, an episode of a podcast I listened to about uh, a refugee just trying to make it from one place to the next and like all of the things he had to go through in the red tape. I can't remember the episode or what it was. So my brain must have been like in thinking mode because I was, uh, I was, yes. I just thought you were like, no, like you no, no, no. I was no. like, what is that podcast I listened to? That's all I was listening <laughs> Gotcha. Well, I'm going to watch Human Flow. You guys should watch it too. And we will all learn a little something. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us again. We hope to bring you interesting content, new experiences, things that you like, maybe things that you don't like. Who knows? But we really appreciate you listening and tuning in. Send us a message. uh, Shout us out. Rate, review. Tell your friends. All the good stuff. Uh, Keep the 2024 goals alive and (laughs) keep, keep things going with us. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. And you can find me, Emily, at The Funny Walsh on all of the platforms. And I'm Carly J. Montag on all of the platforms as well. You can find the podcast at Alone at Lunch Pod on Twitter and Instagram. 
And please email us anything you'd like to tell us at alone at lunch at gmail.com. And if you have a second, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about the podcast. See you next week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Alone at Lunch early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin Podcast Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, but after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.